Uh, it is good to be in the house of the Lord. Say amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Romans chapter number 13. Romans chapter number 13. And I want to say it was, it was good to be in Kentucky last week. Uh, man, what a wonderful group of people up there. We were able to make some great contacts and, and, and talk to them about DMD, Mission America, uh, uh, planning churches. Uh, we had six people saved in the, in the, in the week we were there. And, uh, and, and more importantly, we found a group of people that's willing to work. It's willing to work. And man, that was exciting to me. I, I, I'm afraid and, I, and I, don't, I, I try not to be negative in this way because I love the church and I love pastors. But it's very hard to find pastors in America that's willing to put in the work. I'm running into, I'm running into people all the, and brother Doug, you warned me about this and I didn't listen, but, but I, I, I'm finding there's a lot of people that won't, it's almost like a quick, get rich quick scheme. I want to get a building, build a big church quick scheme, but I don't want to have to work to do it. Well, it don't work that way. But these guys, man, I'm telling you, he's eager, hungry to learn. Uh, it reminds me so much uh, uh, of, of, of where we were at in the little building where God was blessing. Man, they even got four kids like me and Tammy. Amen. And so what a blessing. Also, uh, the love offering, they gave a love offering for the revival and we were able to start three churches with that love offering. So that's three boxes that we can get going. Church say amen. Now, Romans chapter 13, I do not know. I do not know what the Lord is going to do today, but apparently whatever it is, the devil don't like it. Did anybody have a hard time this morning? Anybody have a hard time? Well, God bless you. I locked the keys in my truck. I spilled something on my favorite sweater. The doors was locked, so I couldn't get my favorite oatmeal this morning. I got a routine, y'all. And I'm all out my routine. Stuff I can't even tell you about happened today, but I know, I know without a shadow of doubt, every time that happens, God is up to something. Amen. So let's look and see what he has for us today. Romans chapter number uh, 13 and verse number 11. Romans chapter 13, verse number 11. If you found your spot, say amen. In that knowing the what? Time. Knowing the time that now it is high time. I looked that word up or that, that phrase right before I come out here. And it, it means it's something to be done that should have been done a long time ago. That's what high time means. How many of y'all have ever heard that from one of your grannies? It's high time you get. Are y'all with me? In other words, this, this needs to be done. But it should have been done a long time ago. High time to awake out of sleep. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let's pray. Oh, Jesus, help us. Lord, I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, we're running out of time. I know without a doubt, Lord, that, that, that your return is imminent. And Lord, I pray that you'll help us to wake up. Lord, help us to see the signs of the times. Help us to see what's going on in our world and in our culture, in our communities. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll wake your church up. Lord, the church in America needs to wake up. 
Lord, we need to get busy. We need to get on fire for the king. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll help us today. Lord, I praise you and I glorify your name. And Lord, we'll give you the glory and the credit and the honor and the praise for it all. Please help me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, guide every word. Control my mind, my thoughts. Lord, don't let me say anything I shouldn't. Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. God will praise you and thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. <clears throat> In just a couple weeks, we have, we have Easter coming up. And we are, we are going to do an Easter program and, 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 and something uh, uh, for that particular day. Easter is, is the Christian Super Bowl. Say amen. There will be more people go to church on Easter than any day in the entire year. There will be people that goes to church on Easter that, that, that will never go any other day. Any other day. Now, here is what I need everybody to understand, and I need you to really get this before we even get into this message today. We're not doing a program to entertain you. Let me say that again. We're not doing a program to entertain you. This is not so you can come and, and see a play or a drama uh, for the purpose of being entertained and, 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 and have a good time. We're, we're doing something to give you an opportunity to bring somebody to Christ. It is an opportunity. It is, a, it is where we can engage our family, where we can engage our community, because there's many times that people will come to something like that that will not come to something else, and this is an opportunity. Why am I emphasizing this a couple of weeks before? Because I don't want you to blow it. I don't want you to blow it. And I thank God that I have a church that I can preach what needs to be preached and say what needs to be said. We cannot lose this opportunity. Now, I've heard preaching all my life, all my life. I've heard it. He, Jesus is about to come back. We're in the last days. But I'm telling you what, I'm going to have to be honest with you. I'm going to have to be just completely transparent. I have said that. I have preached that. I have heard that my whole life, but I have never felt it like I feel it today. I'm not talking about today, today. I'm talking about in the hour we live in. I'm telling you what's happening in our world, what's happening in our country, what's happening in our societies is becoming increasingly more and more and more viral and violent, wicked beyond perverted. Are y'all with me? We're fixing to check out. Preacher, what are you trying to tell us? I'm trying to tell you we're running out of out of time. There's three groups of people in here I want to address. And there's only three groups of people. I used to always say it's two. I used to always say it's two, but it's really three. Before I would say we have the lost and the saved. The lost and the saved. Only two kind of groups of people, but that's not necessarily true. That's not necessarily true. And we'll see what the three are today. If you're taking notes, write this down and I'll try to go as quick as I can. We're running out of time. Knowing the time is so important to know the time. Know the time. It's high time. It's high time. What do we say? It, what, what we need to do is should have been done what? A long time ago. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up. Our salvation is nearer than when we believe. In other words, we're closer. We're closer than we've ever been. 
And that phrase, then when we believe, it means this. We're closer than you think. We're closer than you think. Number one, time is running out. Number one, for the lost sinner. Write that down. Time is running out for the lost sinner. Some of you are here today and you've been procrastinating. You've been putting it off. You've been, you've been, listen, God has been dealing with your heart, service after service, uh, time after time, invitation after invitation. Uh, it has been offered and salvation has been pr- promoted to you and presented to you and you've held on to the back of the chair and for whatever reason, fear or pride or whatever it is, you've held on to the back of the pew and you won't let go. Well, I'm here to tell you this morning and announce you're running out of time. You're running out of time. Write these two things down. Why, preacher, why are you saying that? Because A, time is uncertain. Time is uncertain. James 4.14. James 4.14. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying not one single person in this building under the sound of my voice is promised tomorrow. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. You have no idea what's going to happen right after this service. If you go into a graveyard, if you go into a graveyard today, you will see graves and tombstones of all different ages, all different dates. There will be senior citizens there. There will be middle-aged people there. There will be teenagers there. There will be toddlers there. Preacher, what are you saying? We don't know. James said your life is like a vapor. Most of y'all got up this morning and took a shower. You you was in there and if you're like me, you want it volcano hot. Say amen. And the steam runs out of that shower and it, it just fogs up the mirror and you can't even see your reflection in there. But just give it a few minutes. Just give it a little while. Just give it a, just a couple minutes and that vapor will be gone. You know what James is saying? Your life is like a vapor. Every moment that ticks by, every day that goes by, your life is ticking by and you have no idea. You don't know if you're going to live to 40. You don't know if you're going to live to 60. You don't know if you're going to live to 80. You don't know if you're going to live till tomorrow. Oh, but preacher, I'm going to just sow my wild oats and when I get a little older, you may not get a little older. Time's running out. You don't know. Time is uncertain. Not only this, not only this, even if you do live to a hundred, watch this. Now this is, this is what a lot of people don't understand. Not only is time uncertain, but opportunity is limited. Opportunity. Oh, preacher. I've, I've been told my whole life, as long as I'm breathing air, I've got opportunity. Well, somebody lied to you. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 3, Genesis 6, 3, and the Lord said, who said? The Lord Lord said, my spirit shall not all, this is talking about, this is talking about, if you want to go back and read it, this is talking about Noah and the preaching. How many of y'all Noah was a preacher of righteousness? He was not just an ark builder. He was a preacher. And every time he drove a nail, he was preaching. Every time he moved a log, he was preaching. Every time he built something, he was preaching. Judgment's coming. God's going to send a flood. Judgment's coming. Repent. Get on the ark for year after year after year after year. You know what God said about it? Time's limited. 
I will not always strive with man. The word strive means to plead the cause. What are you saying? I'm saying right now. I'm not. I, I, this is what I'm saying. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Right now, the Holy Spirit's in this place. The Holy Spirit's in this place. I feel him during the singing. Man, feel a little. Woo. Amen. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit's in this place. And you know what he's doing? You know what he's doing with lost sinners in this in this building right now? You know what he's doing? He's saying, you better listen. The Holy Spirit's right now is making your heart beat faster than it normally beats. It's making you feel something you don't normally feel. And God is saying, listen, listen, listen. He's pleading the cause. He's, listen, he's trying to convince you of sin. He's trying to convince you that that preacher's telling you the truth. He's doing everything he can say, listen, listen, move forward, move forward. You know what God says right here? I'm not always going to do that. My spirit shall not always strive with man. I'm not always going to strive. I'm not always going to plead the cause. There's going to be a time that you say no for the last time. Look what it says. I got more. I got more. Second Corinthians 6, 2. For he saith, I've heard thee in a time accepted. In the day of salvation, I succored thee. Behold, now, say it with me. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Watch this now. Proverbs 29, 1. This is a big deal. He, that's that procrastinator. That's that stubborn person that's not willing to submit and surrender to Christ. He, that being often reproved. In other words, in other words, you come in here over and over and over again. You hear the preaching. You hear, you're being reproved for your sin, reproved for your lifestyle, corrected because of the way you're living and you need to surrender, repent of your sin and turn to Christ. But the more you do it, the harder your neck gets. The more callous, the tougher it is to get through to you. Now watch what it says. Watch what it says. He that often reprove hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be what? And that without what? It'll be over. Proverbs one twenty eight. Then shall they call on me. Then shall they call on me. Watch what this is. This is God speaking. But I will. They shall seek me early, but they shall. For they hated knowledge. They did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would none of my counsel. They despise all my proof. Listen, if you're here today and you're lost, I'm, I'm just telling you, you're running out of time. Not only are you running out of time, but you're running out of opportunities. A man will only get a certain amount of invitations. And you're going to quench the spirit and you're going to, listen, you're going to, you're going to say no to the spirit the last time and you won't have to be worried about conviction anymore. You're running out of time. Man, if I was lost today, I wouldn't even wait to the end of this sermon. I wouldn't even wait. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying if you're here today and you're a lost sinner, you're running out of time. You don't know when you're going to check out of here. You don't know when you're going to take your last breath. You don't know when you're going to receive. Watch this. You're going to receive the last invitation. From the, the old timers used to call that sending away your day of grace. 
that God came and he invited and he invited and he invited and he invited and he tried to woo you and he tried to draw you. You see, what a lot of people don't understand, you don't get in when you want to. You get in when you're invited. When the Holy Spirit comes, unless the Father draw them, they won't come unto me. And if you keep rejecting that drawing and that convicting of the Holy Spirit, you're running out of time. Secondly, secondly, number two, not only are you running out of time for the lost sinner. Now, see, this is the third. This is the third one that we didn't talk about before. Remember, I said there was there's only two kinds of people. Well, really, there's three. There's three. There's the lost, the lost sinner. But then number two, write this down. The lawless saint. The lawless saint. What is a lawless saint? That's the one that's saved, but you ain't acting like it. That's that, uh, if you want to use old, old terminology, old timers called it backslidden. Backslidden. Out of the will of God. Not right with God. You can be saved and not right with God. You can be born again, child of God, and not be right with God. Out of fellowship. Out of fellowship. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, preacher, at least I'm going to heaven. Oh, but you don't understand. You don't understand. We're not Pentecostal here. We don't believe you're going to lose your salvation over this thing. We're Baptists that believe the Bible. And in, in, in the Bible, it says, if you belong to him, you are going to be whipped. Let me give you, let me give you a Bible. See, y'all thought once you got older, you won't get whoopings no more, but that's not true. Correction that follows. Why are we running out of time? If I'm backslidden, why am I running out of time? Because you don't understand. There's going to be correction that follows. Hebrews 12, 5. Hebrews 12, 5. You ready? Ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son. In other words, your family member. You belong to God. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he and every son whom he receiveth. How many of them? Every one. Every one. If you keep reading that, it's not in your notes, but if you go to, if you go to Hebrews and keep reading that, he said, if you're without chastening. In other words, if you haven't been correct, if you can go out there, run around like a yard dog, run around like a, a hoodlum and, 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 and do all the things that sinners do and practice that, you know what the Bible says? He will chasten you. And it's, a, it's staged. I don't have time to go into it because I got to finish this message. But did you notice that it's rebuke and then chasten and then scourge? Are y'all with me? Now, here's the thing. God's not going to beat the devil out of you when he's trying to get your attention. He's going to rebuke you. He's going to tenderly say, you should, matter of fact, the Holy Spirit is going to tell you not to do it before you did it. I just love when people call me. They'll call, preacher is such and such a sin. You let me tell you what that is. Let me tell you what that is. Let me translate that. That is God done told me no, but I'm trying to get your permission. If you have to ask me if it's a sin, I wouldn't do it. 
The same Holy Spirit that's in me is in you. And I'm telling you, every time, without fail, if I go to do something ignorant, if I go to do something I'm not supposed to do, the Holy Spirit's right there in my head saying, hey, what are you doing? He's rebuking me. He's telling me. He's convicting me. He's getting all over me. He has no trouble getting my attention. Are y'all with me? And how many of you have done this like your preacher? He's rebuked you, but you did it anyway. Then he moves on to the chastening. The chastening. And then, and then to the scourging. And by the way, if you want to know how severe that whooping is, that's the same whooping Jesus got on the cross. The Bible says they scourged Jesus. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying Jesus takes sin in his children seriously. Once you're saved, you're always saved. If you truly got in, if you're truly born again, you're saved for the duration. That doesn't mean you can't make mistakes. That doesn't mean you won't stray. But it does mean if you do stray, he's coming. Listen. Listen, I've been chastened by the Lord. It's not a fun experience. God can get your attention. You go, go ahead and play around. Go ahead and mess around. Just go ahead and live your life. You think you know better. You think you're smarter than everybody else. Go ahead and if you're a born child of God, I'm telling you, the bell's coming. There's correction that follows. You're running out of time. You're running out of time. How many of you, how many of you grew up in the whipping era? <clears throat> I ain't talking about time out. I'm not talking about that foolishness. It is foolish. Well, you shouldn't have come to this church. We're a whooping church. <laughs> How many of y'all heard this? You was acting a fool. And your mama said, your daddy's coming home. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Struck the, I mean, just put the, just the fear of God in you. Amen. Man, there's been many times we left church. And dad said, when you get home. I've never prayed more in my life. I prayed for the rapture. I prayed for amnesia. I prayed for, oh, God, let Father forget what just happened. Y'all with me? You're running out of time. You see, God don't forget. He don't forget. Not only does he not forget, he don't miss a thing. I'm glad mine's not here in the first service. But how many of y'all did things you should have got a whipping for? They never knew about. That don't happen with God. That don't happen with God. He don't miss a thing. You better get right. You're running out of time. Not only because of the correction that follows, but write this down. The consequence that's final. The consequence is final. Some of you are going to be shocked right now. Oh, but preacher, I've been rebuked. I, the Holy Spirit, he tried to get my attention. I did it anyway. So what's God going to do? He's going to move on to chastening. Well, what about that? What if I don't still don't get right? Then he's going to move on to scourging. A severe, a severe discipline. Chastening could mean your car blows up. 
His tires blow out. Many things could be in that category. A scourging is a physical, a physical discipline. Well, what if that don't work? Well, watch what the Bible says. 1 John 5, 16. If any man see his brother, that means he's saved. If any man see his brother sin, a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall be given him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, Paul is dealing with some grievous sins in the Corinthian church. And he's telling them what to do to discipline this offender. And he says, if he won't get right, watch what he says is going to happen. If he refuses to repent after the rebuke, the chasing and the scourging. If he will not come to Christ and he's bringing a reproach on the name of Christ. Watch what the Bible says. To deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Preacher, you telling me God will take somebody out? That's exactly what I'm telling you. Sam Kennison. I read this. I'm telling you, I read, I didn't get this, this article. I didn't get this out of a religious magazine. I got it out. I think it was Newsweek. It was a secular magazine. Some of you say, well, I don't know who Sam Kennison is. All you got to remember is that little, little short dude with the long hair that screamed a lot. Look him up. Google it. He was in several movies. He was a comedian. But what a lot of people don't, don't know, he used to be a Pentecostal preacher. And somewhere along the line, somewhere along the line, he, he left God. He left and, and I have my theories on that, but, but either way, here's the deal. He was running from God. And not only, not only was he running from God, he was angry and he mocked God. In some of his comedy routines, he had a personalized tag that said X-Rev. Listen to this story. Sam Kennison died in the desert talking to God. Remember, this is a secular article, not a Christian magazine. The high decibel comic and former Pentecostal preacher was driving to a sold out run in Laughlin, Nevada. On the evening of April 10th, 1992, when his Trans Am that had been had a personalized tag that read X-Rev collided head on with a pickup truck. Immediately after the crash, about 730 p.m. Friday, Kennison at first appeared fine. Said friends who watched the crash from a second car, they were following behind him. Said he only had minor cuts on his lips and forehead and and he wrenched himself free of the mangled vehicle and lay down only after his friends begged him to do so. He said, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Not yet. Not now. Recounted his best friend, Carl LaBeouf, who held Kennison's bleeding head in his hands. Kennison paused as if he was listening to a voice that couldn't be heard. LaBeouf said this, Kennison would say, but why? Why? Kennison, it sounded, LaBeouf said, as if he was having a conversation talking to somebody else. Then I heard him go, okay, okay. The last okay was so soft and at peace, he just relaxed with it and died. 
Preacher, what are you saying? You can't run from God. If you're a child of God, if you're a child of God, you better act like it. And you better make sure that your life is lined up with the scriptures. Because God does not allow his children to mess around. He will rebuke you. He will chasten you. He will scourge you. And if you still refuse and bring a reproach on the name of Christ, he will take you out. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying time's running out. It's running out for the lost sinner. It's running out for the lawless saint. Listen, child of God, if you're here and you're running, if you're, if you're backslidden, if you're out of the will of God, if you're living your life not according to the scriptures, I'm telling you, time is running out. Number three, for the rest of you, time's running out. For the laboring saint, the laboring servant, the laboring servant, those of you that are working, those of you that are serving, or should be. And by the way, I want to thank God for all those that have volunteered. Miss Barry was so excited. She, her goal was 200 people, and she's 37 short. 37 short. Miss Adrian, hit them up out there. We need to get that 37. So why are you so, why are you, you, you so Adamant about everybody serving because we're running out of. Watch what the Bible says. Ecclesiastes 9.10. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do. Whatever you do. Do it with thy. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave where thou goest. What does that mean? All of us that say we're going to get around to it, or I'm going to call somebody, I'm going to invite somebody, or I'm going to witness to somebody. Guess what? You're going to a place you won't be able to do that. And we're getting there quick. We're getting there quick. You know what? You know what Solomon's saying here in Ecclesiastes? If you're going to do it, bless God, get her done. Quit making excuses. Quit procrastinating. Quit putting it off. Quit saying I've got plenty of time. If you're going to witness, witness. If you're going to work, work. If you're going to serve, serve. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. If you know somebody that's lost, tell them. If you've been meaning to tell somebody you love them, tell them. Tell them. We're running out of time. Listen, there is an appointed time. There is an appointed time. Hebrews 9, 27. And is it appointed unto man once to die? But after this, the judgment. We all got an appointment. If Jesus tarries his coming, we're all, there ain't nobody getting out of here alive. Y'all with me? There's nobody getting out of here alive. We all have an appointment that we're going to keep. Well, I'm late for everything. Not for that you won't be. Listen. Luke 2, 49. And he said unto them, this is Jesus. This is Jesus when he was 12. You remember when his parents lost him? They go back. He's in the temple. He's in his father's house answering and asking questions. They're blown away by his ability and his wisdom. 
And they said, what are you doing? I mean, it's a typical mama thing. You scared me to death. Watch what he says to her. How is it that you sought me? Wish ye not that I must be about my. And that phrase must be about. I broke that down. Look that up. You know what it means? It means to get an early start. In other words, little Jesus, little Jesus is saying, I got a job to do and I got to get. I got to get started. I got to get busy. There's a there's an appointment time. Do you realize that Jesus lived every single day of his life on a heavenly timetable, on a heavenly calendar? He knew exactly when his time would be up. He knew exactly when the day was. He knew exactly when he would be betrayed. He knew exactly when he would be crucified. He knew exactly when he would resurrect and ascend, come out of the grave and go back to heaven. And he said, I've got this amount of time to work and I got to get started. The problem with most Christians is they don't know when this is. They don't know when this is. And so they think they've got all the time in the world. They think they've got all the time in the world. So we procrastinate. We put it off. We do everything else but what God has called us to do because we think we got all the time in the world. But ladies and gentlemen, we got an appointment. And we're going to keep it. We're running out of time. If you're laboring for God, if you're serving God, listen, time is, is short. Time is short. Listen, <clears throat> there's an appointed time. He even said it. He even said it when he got older and he began his ministry. John 9, 4. I must, say that with me, I work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. We better do it while we can. We better get busy. The day is coming when we can't. Time's running out for the laboring servant because there is an appointed time. There is an appointment we're going to keep number or B. Why do we need to get busy? Because there is an absolute tragedy. There is an absolute tragedy. Please don't, don't be folding up nothing. I don't want to hear no papers flipping. Because I want you to stay with us all the way to the end of this page. There is an absolute tragedy. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awake to righteousness and sin not. Read it with me. For some have not the knowledge of God. Say it again. To your shame. You know what Paul is saying to the Corinthian church? There's people here in this city that doesn't know God, and I'm speaking this to your shame. Shame on you. Shame on you. There's family members that we have that does not know God because we haven't told them. There's neighbors that don't know God because we haven't told them. There's, there's acquaintances, there's friends, there's people we work with every day and Paul said, they don't have the knowledge of God. And I speak this to your shame. This is an absolute tragedy. Matthew 9, 36. Matthew 9, 36. But when he, this is Jesus, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, read it with me, the whole thing, read it with me. 
The harvest truly is plenteous, but the. Say it again. Say it again. Pray ye. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. You know, it's a crying shame that someone who has been dug out of the gutter of sin and had his destination in a fiery hell and had a substitute take his place and was beaten, betrayed, brutalized, devastated on a cross to change our destination. It is a crying shame that that person would have to be begged to serve the one that took his place. That's a crying shame. There should be a line waiting outside that door. Can you please give me something to do for Jesus? But not in the American church. Not in the American church. We don't have time. We're too busy. We got schedules. We got we got appointments. We got things we got to do. I wonder if that's what we're going to tell him when we see him. Let me read it again. The harvest truly is, but the. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. We're running out of time to give. We're running out of time to serve. We're running out of time to witness. We're running out of time. On Sunday evening, October the 8th, 1871. Sunday evening, October the 8th, 1871. As the service was coming to a close, the fire trucks became louder and louder. At the invitation, this is in Chicago, by the way, D.L. Moody, Dwight Lyman Moody, asked the congregation to evaluate their relationship to Christ and return next week to make their decision for him. In other words, he preached a gospel conversation or a gospel, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) gospel presentation And that night, he said, listen, I want you to think about this this week. And come back next week and make a decision. Some of you guys come from other church backgrounds and other denominations, and you wonder why we give an invitation every service. Every service. This is why. It is recorded that when he made that statement, the great Chicago fire had just begun. That crowd that he spoke to would never regather because that was the night of the great Chicago fire, which was started by a cow kicking over a lantern. A great portion of the city of Chicago was destroyed and over 270 people were killed. Moody later said that that was one of the biggest regrets in life. 
Not having given invitation that night, in the years that followed, Moody always gave an invitation after every service. You know what that's proof of? We don't know. In the brief span of just 30 seconds, 53 people die worldwide. And 36 of them enter eternity without Christ. That means 36 people die and go to hell in 30 seconds. With more than one person per second going to hell, Charles Spurgeon's words of urgency and concern need to resonate in our hearts. If sinners be damned, at least let them leap to hell over our bodies. If they will perish, let them perish with our arms around their knees. Let no one go to hell unwarned or unprayed for. We're running out of time. We're running out of time to serve.